You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, welcome to the Smoking Wedge. What's up, everybody? Guess who's back with another one? This podcast is brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. That's my merch spot. If you want to support the podcast, you want to support me, or you just want to look good, go cop some merch. We got a lot of cool stuff there. We actually got a, a couple of prints uh, available right now for 15 bucks. We're trying to make room for a bunch of new stuff we're about to drop. So go get them while, they, while we got them. Um, also, follow me at um, HoyerRock357 on Instagram. Keep you up to date. We're getting ready to do another Madball album. We're dropping more podcasts. We're doing a lot of stuff. Keeping busy during this co-fuckery. And also, make sure... I said it before and I'll say it again. It doesn't count unless you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to our catches on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, catches on YouTube. Also, my dog that you hear in the background is going to bite that ass. But for real, it doesn't cost nothing, but it goes a long way. It shows everybody out there that we're making some noise. So make sure to follow us, subscribe, leave a message. We have a lot of cool episodes coming, and um, today I got an old friend, New York hardcore OG, Chaka, Burn, Orange Nine Millimeter. Let's set this shit off. To the smoking What up, Chaka, Chaka, Chaka? What up? Hoya, hoya, hoya. What's good? What's good? Queens in the house, right? You know what's up? It's funny. We're going to get to the Queens part. That's one of my first things we're going to get into. But I was like, welcome to the Smoking Word podcast, my brother. Yes, yes. Queens in the motherfucking building, by the way. Yeah, yeah. How's how's my how's my light? Is it lighting my good side? My No, you're good. You're good. Right now, you're illuminated. There we go. Bam. Yeah, good. But let me ask you, because... Right now, I'm reporting from my cave in South Florida, but how's my New York doing? That's brick, what I want to know. It's brick. It's like the Knicks for the last five years before now. Yeah, I heard it's fucking freezing in New York right now. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> and where, you at now? Where, you, where you living at now? I'm in Bushwick. You're in Bushwick? Okay. The how Bush. Long, how long you been in Bushwick? Like two years, two and a half years, some shit. Oh, something like that. So it's, it's funny, like you know, it's it's funny, like um, a lot of the old Queens dudes I know end up in the spots that we used to talk shit on, like fuck Brooklyn, yo, fuck Long Island, and then the first places we go to is Long Island and Brooklyn. I know that. I'm as long as it's not the Bronx, I got family. My my family's in the Bronx right now, though. Yeah, like like you know what, the Bronx started popping now in New York because just in I guess you know. uh just close to the city, you can get close get to the city, and it hasn't got, yeah, it hasn't got exploited like Brooklyn and the Queens and the Astorias. Man, yo, who would I remember when, when I was a kid? Astoria, you could you could rent a one bedroom, you know, five fifty. You know, you get a one bedroom off a of Steinway, like you yeah. know what I mean? Like you ain't getting none of that now, nowhere. Nah, nah. 
Wait, not at not at all. I mean, people people used to talk about you know, Long Island City's popping. I'm like, yo, I I grew up like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, no, you don't want to go there. Now you want to go there. Oh, dude, it's banging. I mean, it's it's close to the fucking. It's close to the city. You know what I mean? Neighborhoodish. Now, yeah, and it's popping. It's sunny as fuck because not, not not a lot of tall buildings, right? So it's sunny. The same thing how Brooklyn turned into, like, you know, like, you know, right over, you know, McGinnis and all that, you know, that's used to be all the dope spots, all the weed spots, that the, the, the crack spots. Now it's like you get the you get the, the poke spots now. Yeah, you know dude, I mean? we, we when we when Burns started, we moved into a house on 24 Power Street right in Williamsburg. We had the whole house. It was like three stories for twelve hundred bucks. It had a huge backyard. Yeah. Oh, hell, huge. backyard. That's a backyard. This is the thing that we always talk about. Like it came up, I'd be hearing it pop up on stuff like Gavin. Okay. You know what? You know what's? You know what's the 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 the, the why I bring it up? That the weird connection why um guys like us and like a guy like him he hit a he hit a good location coming mm. from the scene we did with the whole yeah. history of some guys were squatting and blah blah blah. And oh yeah, were, Gavin's killing it now. Yeah, and these were in the neighborhoods nobody wanted to live in, but. Yeah. We ended up hanging out and some of us living in and people built it up, stuck through it. And then now these are the popping spots. You know what I mean? You know what's crazy? And I'm not like, I'm not like a racial dude. I'm like, I hate race-based politics. I hate all that shit. But the one thing that I'll say is that when you grow up in the country, maybe, I think maybe this is not even racial war, just like urban versus rural. When you grow up in the country you're and you're used to just walking into a forest and you don't know what the fuck you're going to encounter, that shit just turns you into a different human being than like being in a city and the water comes out of the faucet and the food's in the package and there's yeah. not really a lot to explore. Why do you gotta explore? Yeah. Purpose. You, don't, you don't even build that muscle. Yeah, no, and, you know it's, fact, and it's crazy. And it's true you say that because, um, you know, I would always say that. I was like, yo, I'll go to any hood in the on the planet, but you put me in the forest by myself and watch me fucking bug the fuck out straight up. Yeah, we recorded records. They put us out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, yo, it's almost dusk. I ain't going too deep. I'll be right around here. Yo, it's a language. And I've said this before, and props to Gavin. It's a language that, and this dude came from that. There was one day we were, we were probably doing graffiti, me, him, Fred Five, Free yeah. Five. In, in Williamsburg, in this abandoned factory, right? We just got finished. We had our cans and bags, walking out, walking out. And then we just hear this dude, uh, somebody come in, right? So we look up, we see the dude. He's got like two or three pit bulls with him. Dude releases the dogs on us. Uh, Gavin drops down and like, he just looks around. Gavin Gavin had his uh, his yeah. wild man on. He picked up a box for me, just like picked it up. He was like maybe six inches off the ground. He holds up the box and says, call off your fucking dogs. <laughs> dude said, here boy. I was ah. like, holy that's like a muscle that you don't yeah you gotta you gotta know that that's there you know what i mean yeah. it's crazy and it's crazy it's funny but like it's crazy like how our lifestyle threw us in these neighborhoods and led us to you know back then it was like a crazy lifestyle but you guys me? you know guys never left and stuck it out and look at shit started you know like you have situations like that look at the les now you know this is crazy Look at, you know, whatever, if it's anywhere downtown, you name it. You remember how it was when we were kids? It was like- Yeah, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was like junkyards, like- Junkyards like, and junkies. That yeah, junkyard, junkie dirt, just everything was broken, bums selling dirty clothes on the street. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids out there, people would sell dirty clothes on the street. That's like, true. How crazy is that? But like, it was like, it was like um a Mad Max land, but now, but what I'm glad is, but it was also where all the music was, all Absolutely. the art was, or 
you know, what the mainstream would call pieces of shit all ended up. Like I always say, let me ask you this real quick. Why do you, why do you think, why do you think hardcore flourished in that environment? You you know what it is? It's like, um, it's, I I tell you why, because it ended up where, where everything that wasn't wanted had to end up somewhere. So I always describe it as like the scene, you know, if you want to throw in the whole punk part, but we're hardcore. Punk. Absolutely. We know absolutely. the whole history. We, me and you, we all know the history of the punk, blah, blah, blah. But like I say, we're the bottom of the septic tank where all the shit falls there. But we have our own thing and it's made up of all these little pieces, good and bad, that fell into this little. Because you remember when we were kids, this is a special thing that I try to tell like what I, I appreciate now. Okay. Being, especially for guys like me and you being um, um, uh, minorities, being not yeah, yeah, yeah. white kids, but being around this how while we got thicker skins, number one, because yeah. the one thing I was going to get into, that me and you, a part of our lives was to, to the outside world, We, we our lives are based on something that's considered, yo, that's white. That's a white people, a white kid thing, 100%. but we're not that, and they don't get it. They don't see there's more to it. But for us, there was two types of people, and I can speak for you on this subject because obviously, you are a hardcore kid. Correct. When, when you're an ethnic kid and you came up in the hood in spots like we did, being Astoria Projects, Queensbridge, Project, yep, Queens, absolutely. Our schools are all black and Spanish. Yeah, you got white kids or whatever, but we could go two ways when you're Spanish. And when you're black and Spanish, most likely you're going to be the hip hop way, the club way, or whatever. Freestyle, <laughs> RB, you're going to be that or whatever. And right. if, if you're listening to rock, they go, yo, you're doing that white boy shit. And 100%. Uh, and, and, and then you could be two ways. We could either be like, don't like it and be like, okay, and we change because we don't like being picked oh, on or do like what we did and say, yo, you niggas just don't know what's up. Yeah, I mean, I just did my thing. I can be, I, I never gave a fuck, yo. Like, even just, yo, as a, as a fucking kid, like, my dad had thousands of records and I would just go through, I would find records and that helped me to kind of carve out my palette of shit I liked. Yeah. When I was going to high school, I went to Bryan High School uh, with Lordy Zed, obviously. And I would roll in there. I had um, a, a navy green three-quarter length jacket, a, a bag from the Keith Haring pop-up shop, like a drawstring bag with like, the Keith Haring characters yeah. on it. I had Patrick's, a soccer sneaker, and then Lotto. Remember the Lottos? Yeah, of course. The Lottos, and you had the Velcros, those, just the Lotto. Yeah. I, I always looked different. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I just feel, I'm, I'm just different. Like, I could get... I mean, obviously, I, I, want, I want to like people. I want them to like me, right? Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, like, you're like, I mean, what the fuck? Like, I don't give like, what, what do you want? You know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. this is me right here. Because, yeah, because that's how I was. Because I always say that because, obviously, there's a lot of ethnicities in our scene. But, yeah, but, but also, it's also less than a lot of other scenes. You know, if, if you, we don't care because we don't look at it that way. We explain explain that. Out. Unpack that. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, um. Even like when coming up, it was harder to find guys that we could relate to if we did. If like a guy's like you would be like, okay, a bad brain guy for me, it was a Roger Moret. But even yeah. Roger looked like a white guy. So yeah. not till I found out, I I, I kind of once I did, I was like, oh shit, okay, there we we are in this world too. Kinda. Right, right, right. Absolutely. You know, because you want you have to kind of relate to something sometimes. You know what I mean? You know, we we relate on craziness. With this music, uh, uh, the cohesiveness, you know, yeah. we like loyalty and we like brotherhood and sisterhood Absolutely. or whatever. That's a big part of this hardcore thing. Like, 
you know, a family outside the house. That's what we gravitate. And then 100%. it breaks off into, you know, whatever. But um, it's 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 a special thing, and especially for guys like us that lasted. And, you know, again, like yeah. you know, the Rogers or whatever, because um, much respect to Rogers. You know, um, yeah, you know, it's like um, I get to, I got to see it through many years. You know, yeah. this is my life, like it is yours and everything. You know, this is I bleed this shit. I want to die this shit. You know, that's New right. York hardcore shit. Just Absolutely. what it is. But for me, I'm also I like to dissect shit. And I'm okay. also, I see shit. I'm a Spanish kid from Corona <laughs> Queens. You know what I mean? Please, me you know, you, we're not supposed you, to, wait, me and you, you aren't supposed to be here. What do you, tell me what you see. You see shit, what do you see? Like, no, it's just like, um, like, like one, I see that what, what I'm glad is also is that um, guys like you, guys like a Roger, guys like myself. And um, this is one of the few times, they didn't even know some cocky shit, but wow, we made moves being ethnic people and, 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 and something that was not started by us, but we got in it and into the, and maybe early on, we weren't supposed to be accepted in it, but we made it out and made it that and became one of those bricks in that house. Absolutely. Undeniably. Facts. You know, all not even one single band, just all of us doing the, all our stuff and getting the new, the more people in the band, the other ethnic and now, now you know, now it's common. You have you know, everybody, you know, look at our crew, all our dudes, you know, every Jewish guy, black guy, Dominican. Everybody. Guy, that was the special thing about New York, but not everywhere was like a New York or like. Booyah. You and, know we, that. You know, and we all experienced that. We traveled out of state in certain places exactly. where we came across certain heads that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and this is something going back to that kind of steered away for, from that. Oh, another point that what gave guys like us thicker skin, like, right. like forget politics without getting into politics. There's Nazis and then there's guys that have. Race, racist beliefs or whatever, but we right. know Nazis. We know dudes that rolled up with swastikas yeah. and write literature on white supremacy, and they hand it out at a one of our shows coming up outside, and nobody did nothing at one point. Yeah, but yeah, I remember. So I remember those guys getting chased around later in life. Later on, exactly, and and I take pride in that too. Being <laughs> us, all our guys being, you Even know, the people that did the chasing. <laughs> thank you. I'll take. I, I don't take credit for a lot. I'm not, I'm, I try to live modest, but I take credit for that. Not just me personally, but yeah. our, a bunch of us. Because yeah. again, we all come from an era where we also respected the G's, the older guys. Absolutely. And we also know there was some suspect shit, but the yeah. guys obviously we, that were around us weren't down with it, but we knew there was like, like having a racist uncle. We all have one. Or like, right, 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 one, right. you know, we, right, we right. knew who they were. We didn't mix with them, but we knew uh, somehow they're connected to this thing of ours. Right, absolutely. That's it got to a point where we're standing there and visually we're like, okay, do we really got to watch, see a guy with a Nazi, with a swastika and a KKK guy, Zeke Kiling patch on his Levi's hey, jacket? still here? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then it was on. And then literally one day, I could even say, just do Brian Flag. I, yes, yo, I remember I, that day he got chased down St. Mark's. Yeah. Good, good night. Thank you. Good night. That was the last time we were like, okay, you know what? There's too many of us. Too many. Why? Like the, we were kids that were becoming young men. And wow. I specifically remember yes. that instant. I remember that. And that's that. it. And that yeah. literally is it because we know these guys because they were allowed back then. But it was because 
it was a weird time, but that also gave guys like us, you know, we don't use buzzwords, you know, to like right. a lot of people, you know, you know, we, we have a special thing coming from this world where we had to have a thicker skin. Absolutely. Kind of. And, you know what's and crazy though, real quick on the on the on the on the Nazi thing. I mean, and I don't know, like I'm not gonna speak for anybody, but I feel like a lot of those kids, like there's like um kind of the same way some cats get into graffiti or something else. I think some of those white kids got into that because it was like counterculture. I don't even think a lot of them were racist, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know that, of course. <laughs> all the Italian kids in Brooklyn, you know what? You grow up with all Italian kids, sir. It's tribalism. <laughs> It's gonna, they're gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's just, yeah. you know, if we, if we're all um skating, what happens? We all become skateboarders. Exactly. It's just, and I, and I agree. Not all of those, you know, you know, and even, it's harder to be, in our world, which right. is an outlaw, culture, and yeah. be fucking racist. The whole thing is the outlaw. You're supposed to be everything that's not. I'm not white. I'm not this. You know, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not right. one way. I'm everything else. You know, we're everything else. This is what right. people. I think it's, and it's a broader mindset that I think accompanies to the kind of outlaw to kind of borrow your word here. Yeah. It's a broader exactly. mindset, right? Yeah, exactly. So you coming up and, 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 and all right, we know, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, the everybody kind of has a brief, uh, little brief knowledge of all of us with Queens guys. We know you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like coming up in a story, you came up in a story, you know, and, and, and this is funny because I know you originally, mm -hmm. we, we were in the music together, but through skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. Zoner, were you a zoner? Yeah. Listen, Team Stage Dive. I oh, know, no, I remember. No, no, Listen, what you know about <laughs> Team Stage Dive, okay? I'm gonna let everybody know, everybody, just cause my body's not very aerodynamic looking, at one point I was a, a street skater, okay? And no. team zone and team stage dive. They we were like rivals. They were like kind of rival Queens graffiti. I mean, um, skateboarding rivals. But I mean, they definitely there were some writers that came out as you know, first yeah. live was team stage dive. Yeah. I was obviously team stage dive. Not that I was some big writer. I was probably yeah. an up writer in my. But yeah, but you're right. Okay, yeah. Because um, <laughs> so this is funny. Well, I skated and then hooking up with them. You see, I was those were you know me and Double O, my brother, yeah. rest in peace. Absolutely. Obviously, he used to skate with them. And Pete. Great. Yeah, and, and Pete, Beachy, my brother, Beachy, yeah. and all those guys. What happened was we were already into hardcore. And we were already kind of getting into the music and hanging out part, me and Double O. So we kind of stopped skating, and we would, like, watch them skate. And then we got into start Demise started, blah, 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 and all that. Bullshit. Yeah, I, I went to 145, I think, yeah. twice, maybe? Couple, like, yeah, yeah, I remember you guys popping up, I remember. A couple of times. Quinn and... um. So okay, so let me ask you this. So um hardcore skating, what came first for you? Um, you know, skating. I'm wait, 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 wait. No, hardcore, 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 hardcore. Oh, okay. Sasha, Sasha Jenkins got me in the skating. Yeah, so Sasha, you coming up? So Sasha's the guy who put you on. He's the guy the that, that, that I put him on the hardcore, he put me on the skating. Oh, okay. You put him in okay. Oh, so he's the skating on the hardcore. Yeah, he was the skating. We met in high school. All right. So he was, yeah, he was, yeah, you all, you guys were Brian guys. Brian High School. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We had B for you guys in basketball, Newtown. Dude, all, all, all high schools had this, like, either real or fake beef back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, you know that. But it was, like, no, but it was basketball because Ezek always has his, yo, I could have been in the NBA. 
you know, fantasy. I remember on the football team. I don't remember the basketball team, though. No, he's a play ball. He was a good basketball player. Really? I thought, yeah. I, I, know I, I will listen. I will never say this again. So I might edit this part out. But you know, Isaac was a good ball player. He really was. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he had the look. He could have been big. He looked mulatto. He got that weird red head. You don't know if he's black, white. He could have been big. He went up for a layup one day, rolled his ankles, a wrap. Are you serious? Something happened. No, it wasn't a layup. I'm, I'm gassing that part of it. He was jumping down a flight of stairs or something. Oh, fuck. Fucked his ankle up, and it was a wrap. Yeah, I remember him being on the I think the football team and yeah. wrestling. I remember the our our gym. One of our gym teachers, Mister Dreyer, was security for Wu Tang Clan. Oh he shit! Was, yeah, he was always trying to get child to join the wrestling team. Come on, join the wrestling team. Yeah, join the wrestling team. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they tried to get me that because I was a big kid, but I said I can't wear those weird spandex <laughs> tights. Fuck that. And make the balls up, bring your balls up to your neighbor. Yeah, I was like, nah, I ain't down with no spandex, man. I was like, I was like, at the time it was a uh, let's get physical was out. I was like, nah, I can't do that. Yo, well, see, now the question is, is it Xanadu or let's, what's the better Olivia Newton John, New, Olivia Newton Johnson, Xanadu? Okay, no, but that's more like, you know, that's like gets more like Sonic, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was more like you got to be deep into her to understand that, you know. I just wanted to say Xanadu. Yeah, I know, but you had to be, that's like her, our deco era, or whatever. I don't even know what you would call it. You're but not. I feel you. it was a bit more, uh, but it was still pop, though. I think it was yeah, a soundtrack. Yeah, but it was like, that, to do with it. that was like, you had it, that was like real. It was like her being real, like art. Yeah, she art. was hot, yo. I loved her. I loved her. I, I watch her in Greece. She's banging. I don't really fuck with Greece. You don't fuck with the Wiz? Yeah, but you know what? Look, because I love Michael Jackson. Right. Despite whatever his his history, yeah, freaky, I don't know, freaky, whatever. whatever Jackson Five guy, whatever. But that shit always bugged me out. The the, the whiz too much. Cause yeah, well, it scared me. I think as a kid, I never. That's what I mean. It was weird. It was like too like, like yeah. like Ronald McDonald. It reminded me of like, and that dude creeped me out too. It's like even creepier than CGI in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, that shit is crazy. So all right, Brian. Brian so it's kind of simultaneously too right like the hardcore skate thing yeah, right? i mean it was it was within a year i mean i got yeah. into a car yeah i mean it was like maybe in a, even within a few months it was kind of serendipitous i guess and first show you remember your first show where and when and who i'm pretty sure because bobby Stegerwall from the new york hoods um was in my class in Brooklyn. oh you no know, okay. his sister was in my class he went to our school me and him went, no, i had another class with bobby and so it was a new york hoods trip six and underdog and i'm pretty sure that was my first show wow that's that's a classic. One, what you remember? What year? It's 80, 87, maybe. Eighty. Yeah, I, I my first show eighty eight. I came in right after. Yeah, that was like, to me personally, those were the best years of hard. Oh life. my god, those, those like like we're gonna get into that. Like we 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 literally were spoiled. Like oh like, my god, unbelievably dude. fucking spoiled. But fucking um. But real quick before we get into that, let's go because while we're talking about the skating, because there's a couple. Things because a lot of skaters, you know, I got a lot of love for skaters. You know, it's uh, I don't talk yeah. about it a lot, but you know, like we got a lot of history in Queens to us, but big time street skating. And you know, being a skater, and you were more of a skater than I was. I skated to get around him. We were hanging, but you were like, right. you skated more uh, hard than tricks, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the pyramids in Astoria, hard to skate. Oh my god. Yeah, but a staple in skating and in That's New York one, hardcore. One hundred percent. You know that definitely is like a, one of the, the 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 seven wonders of, of like the skateboard world. Yeah, the skateboard hardcore connect is there. 
I remember them, the connection, and then later on the Brooklyn Banks. The Banks, yeah. And then yeah. the Brooklyn Banks got real hip hop real quick though, because it was just like the right time for it, right? Yeah, you and you remember um NYC skates? 100 percent Yeah. I, I just like throwing out this so niggas know I knew what time it was. Oh, absolutely. And you back know, then, you know, oh my god, did you ever go to there was a dude that used to sell um skate shit out of his apartment in the projects right by the banks? No, no, that's ill. I didn't even hear that. He was an old white gentleman. He had like whitish hair. Like he wasn't creepy or anything. I don't know. That's hard. I don't know. Yeah, I remember like going to his house and buying like boards and wheels and when I when I was was a kid, the the, the only places to get it like pieces to build it was there and Pentagon. You remember the sport? Paragon, or Paragon, Paragon. Paragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. There's a sporting goods store, but Absolutely. they were the only places at the time. NYC skates, and it was right. shut. You remember Team Shut? One hundred percent. They were classic. New York City. Classic. Yeah, so classic. And, and I remember that era because you know I was, I loved the co, you know, the whole thing about it. But we were riding, and I was around again, all my boys, and then ended up being all of the Supreme guys. My boy Giovanni Salami. Gio, Gio was the team stage dive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, fucking all those dudes. You know, like and and, and, and Gio, that's my boy since I'm in high school. You know, like, I haven't told you talked to him. Where's he at? I don't know. I haven't talked to him in forever. Wow, I don't, like, that's just crazy. I would. He was cool as fuck, dude. They're saying he is cool as fuck wherever he's at. Yeah, yeah, and like again later on in life, the connection. You know, like I, you know, fast forward. You know, we got bands. I'm going like now. I'm going to Roadrunner downtown and the Supreme store. Who's the Supreme other fellas? Yo, what up? Yo, <laughs> I would walk out of there, child. I wish I'm an idiot. I would walk out of there. What? I couldn't even carry shit. Skateboard Supreme. I didn't know what to do with it. Just and if it. I kept it now, I would be rich. Yeah, I'd be yeah, rich. Hundred Unbelievable, like you know, crazy. But yeah, the, the pyramids. You know, the crazy. You know, did you fuck around out there a lot? Did you Absolutely. Go- That's why it, they were really hard to skate. So you had to earn every trick in the pyramids. I mean, you if you didn't have, if you had hard, hard wheels, you were done. You were, pyramids, yeah. As soft wheels as possible. Um, but yeah, that spot was really hard to skate. Yeah. And then later on, exactly. Later on, the Brooklyn Banks and all that mm-hmm. shit. That shit's a big memory. Fucking Astoria, man, had that. What do you think about, what is it about Queens that you think, why so many kids... You know, I, I think a lot of people ask this question, but what is it about Queen? Why Queens that? You know, what? I, I think I have an answer. So many guys. I think because I, mean, I think there's a few pieces. One, it's proximity to the city, right? But they're not being in this city, right? I think I, I look. I have a lot of friends in the city, and they're not as. Actually, I'm not. I would take that back. <laughs> I don't want to categorize nobody, but I think when you're like, yo, growing up in, in Queens, like you have access because you're still a neighborhood person, right? And you're still getting all the music, you're still getting all the neighborhood shit, but you're close enough to the city to have some aspirational shit with it, right? Mm-hmm. So you almost kind of have, you have both, you have the space to kind of be a kid and wild out because you're growing, growing up in the city, like, I mean, where are you going to go? You're park? right. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Sidewalk? Sure. You know, like growing up in the, you know, in my projects, we had projects. There's people hanging out all the time. There's music all the time. There's different age groups that you kind of watch to see what the fuck are they doing? Like, what are they up to? Like, oh shit, that, that must be the new music. I had this older sister that, that had boyfriends. I remember one of them brought back um, a white label of a jam in Brownsville from like, I mean, this was, this was before I got into hardcore. This was like probably 84. Yeah. So like, I mean, we were just able to really ingest a lot of this culture, right? Yeah. And had the space to do that. 
And I think that we were able to go to the city and then, then we were in the city, like, oh, so we're in the city, let's do something, right? Yeah. Let's manifest. Yes, right? true. I never thought about like that. Yeah, it makes sense because I could see it as like, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you know, um, it's hard to describe, but yeah, like, like I totally get it. Like, you know, we were able to, to see it from afar. Yeah, to kind of, right. we could kind of bring everything in from where we live and then uh, and then pinpointed it in downtown Manhattan. And Once we got downtown, that was like the final bit of salt or boiling water that we queens of guys, I think, needed to say, okay, yeah, let's, let's do something. Let's manifest bands, let's manifest clothing, whatever it is. Yeah, because right. um, what always bugged me out about it was, you know, obviously we know queens and queens you have from projects to like, real Everybody. urban kind of neighborhoods and we All have every you know demographics yeah. or whatever All or whatever but Pete it's funny when people look at a hardcore and okay comes from the punk rock you automatically think a squat in downtown Manhattan you know what I mean <laughs> and it's like yeah that is definitely a part of it but a big just a just as big was the suburb the suburban or more neighborhood uh, borough life of Queens, which 100, 100%. So that was, I mean, I think we gave it a new infusion. You know, we, I think we helped to take it to, I think we helped to make the hardcore kind of, you know what I mean? From, you know, think about it, sick of it always fans like flavor. We brought flavor and not maybe Queens in general brought that. And again, not that these all respect to those old bands or whatever, they brought like. Like if we were a, a robot, like they brought that, you know, they have the heart and the and thing. Now the, the boroughs brought joints. Now we could move. We brought muscles and we're moving. We're, now we're able to walk. Facts. We brought you know, the programming for the robot. What's it going to do? Exactly. And, and that's how we took it. I was like, you needed those components, but it's Absolutely. so weird how it worked. You know, I mean, like, I grew so, up. I grew up listening to those. I grew up. I grew up listening to fucking oil in my bedroom. B. Exactly. The projects. Know? I know that's what I'm saying. Like, and to me, that's same thing with me. Like, my you know, I was you know, hardcore skin. I had DMs, a flight, bald head, and then on and and at the same time, the, uh, on Geraldo Rivera, they got every skin as being a white power guy, and I got everybody exactly. in my school looking at me like, "Are you, know, you a racist again?" Yeah, how, how could you be a a white power guy? You're Spanish. I go. I used to be like, you just don't know what time it is. Like, like I'm not even gonna explain. But and they all knew me though, like, oh, yeah, like, but you ain't. And I'm like, cause they're not, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, is cause you don't know, you're looking at TV, you know? And I'm like, and if that's it what is. I loved about being a hardcore kid, especially then it felt like a superpower. Like, you know, like X-Men, you know, I look at you, you had a hardcore shirt. We were like, uh, like showing your X-Men ring. Yo, and you do, yo, and, and this is a big fucking deal, Hoya. I'm glad that you touched on this, right? Because we're talking about right now, we're talking about identity, self-understanding, and then the willingness to be who the fuck you are, right? And I think today, like, we have, like, social media, right? And everybody, you know, wants to wants to conform and get their views and do all this thing when they post these memes, right? And I think this is my theory on the memes, right? So let's say, let's say, let's say I'm a Democrat. Let's say I love uh, candidate A, Democrat, right? So I may agree with, you know, 50% of what the candidate says, but then some meme maker puts out some meme that takes that candidate and amplifies his views to the nth power. Even though I only agree with 50% of the candidate, since I don't feel strong enough to say, hey, my name is, you know, whatever it is, and I have a voice, and this is what I think about this candidate, I post the meme that takes my view and amplifies it beyond what I really believe in. So now I'm amplifying some bullshit, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to take the time and say, hey guys, this is a complex subject here. 
but these are my thoughts on it. I agree with this candidate here. I disagree here. But instead, I just post a meme that says anybody that disagrees with my candidate sucks. It's a dumb or it's an asshole or whatever. And that ruins communication. I mean, hard, hardcore for me said, like, when I was walking around the school with, like, my hardcore shirts, my green jacket and my bag, like, I wasn't looking around, you know. Yeah. There's a guy named Grant Cardone. Like, I do, I do sales here today. He talks about how, I mean, he's joking. He says, he's like, I, I rank the year view, the rear view mirror out of my car. He's like, he's like, I don't want to see what's behind me. I want to see what's in front of me. That's a good one, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think and that's that's hardcore. That's that that's that Queens thing. It's like, okay, what can we do with this? What can I do with me? What yeah, can I do with yeah. my art? What I can I do with my crew friends? You know, and I and I agree. I would always say that about hardcore. I go like, you know, we all know that. I say, you know, we all know that again the whole background, the whole where this music comes from or whatever. But I was like, you know, yeah, we had the anger from punk. But punk was let's destroy. Hardcore was like, yeah, destroy. No, we gotta rebuild. How we're gonna rebuild? That's what the difference with a hardcore. You know, and you know, just real quick, I ex I explained to a friend of mine, like a grown ass friend of mine, not that I'm not grown. Uh, we were talking about punk, and I said, well, talk about like aggressive music. He's like, well, what's the difference between hardcore and punk? I said, well, in one way, you could look at punk as being self destructive, and hardcore as potentially being constructive and self uplifting, right? Because all punk, people, what's what's the what's the punk uh, icon? Sid Vicious, right? Dies, dies early. Yeah. You know, all the punk icons are dead. Yeah. But the hardcore icons, you know, Minor Threat, Bad Brains, Rod, you know, Gnostic Front, yeah. you guys, okay. you know, people are here. People are are trying to be pod. They're doing podcasts. They're doing things. They're putting out books. Yeah. Right. Where a lot of the punk guys, we lost a lot of those guys because it was just inherently such a self-destructive culture and i love punk music exactly and it's a yeah. part of our, our you know it's our dna if we like or not I'm, i was never a punk guy but yeah who doesn't know that that's not part of my dna right of course you know uh being our era we're also historians we, we you know that's the great part of our era we were yeah. automatic historians. that was part of what we loved was digging backwards Ooh, getting uh, that vinyl and oh yeah, my god just discovering old or new now it ain't like that now you know, but we come from that era, so we know. So right. I was like, no, we needed to make a hardcore kid. You needed that anger, but say, okay, instead of just burning down, how about we rebuild? Take, right. okay, you, you pointed out there's a problem. That's what punk was. Okay, but instead of like just every, now nobody has it. Yo, feel me right now. All right, so, and, and this is big. I, I'm, I'm really thankful how we're, we're having this conversation. I love you, by the way. So check it out. So you think about the fucking, the punk rockers that are in, in, the, in the LES, right? And when they're going through life, like what support system do they have? They don't have it. They don't. Have it. But you think about us, right? Oh yeah. We had a support system. We had our parents. Yeah. We weren't totally. We weren't orphans necessarily. Where a lot of the punk rockers were orphans culturally, just sure. because they weren't around their parents. We still, and I think that's that's what lifted um, our music out of being so self-destructive because we had. I mean, I see you post about your family. How much? Absolutely, and, and and I never thought about it like that. I'm a big family guy, but yeah, because I can speak for myself. I I know I was one of the lucky guys. And you know, you too, from yeah. hearing about you and your family, we had our families in our lives. Like a lot of our boys didn't. Not. All our boys, our girls or whatever, they didn't have. And right. I could totally see that when you come from that a family, you know, like, hey, you know, we, we have a chance, you know, they, they, they're there to, to give you hope and a chance. And that's what hardcore does. You know, when you look <laughs> at it, there, it gives you um, the support, like, you know what I mean? I guess, what it is, but I never thought about it like the the bulk of a lot of us are 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 
more family oriented than maybe the other people. Not that the punk kids or whatever. Uh, oh, they had I think a lot of them. That that's culture. They were so self destructive and outside of their unit. Yeah. You know. Because I, no, I no future. That was the slogan, right? Yeah. No future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For hardcore, the, the slogan is PME, PMA. Even, yeah, even yeah. if that's not part of how everybody looks, I mean, even for you, I mean, I don't think you, you run around saying PMA, but what do you say? Yo, AM, time to grind. Yeah, right? exactly. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you got to make things happen, you know, exactly. And I always took pride in, like, I knew that as a kid, you know, like, you know, when I was, a, you know, like, again, you know, was like, um, you could be pro or against, you know, and I don't mean that. And, and some other political thing, but I meant it in just in just in my life. I can either go for it or just shit on everything. And then yeah, I got into progression, you know, you know, you don't grow. You got to try to grow. You know what I mean? And, you know, again, that's, the, uh, you know, being a hardcore kid, we, lo we lucked out. We found what we found. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I needed hardcore. Hardcore fucking hooked me the fuck up, dude. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, you know, so, okay, we're going to shows. You're skateboarding. You got you go to your first show. You know, how the fuck you meet Gavin? Where do you meet the fucking... I, Gavin was in the hood. The Man of Stone. Say again? The Man of Stone, the fucking <laughs> Dutch Mexican head. I know his whole shit. Mexican. What up, Gavin? <laughs> I got to get him, me and him. We're going we're gonna to have this, but we got to get bigger headspace for me and him on this thing. We're going to have a head a head, a head of soul, um, But, um... How you, how, you, how you met Gavin? Because Gavin another OG, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially for Gavin. I'm, I'm trying to think of how... I know Gavin was in the hoods when I went to see them. Oh, okay. So, But I'm not sure that. that that's how... I don't even... Maybe through... I think somebody said maybe through skating. I don't even know. Because yeah. Gavin skated a bit too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, kind of everybody in that time were like had a little bit of a skater band you know kind of yeah yeah and gavin was in a lot of fucking bands too dude yeah like you know and, and it's crazy so you you know you're hanging out with gavin all right and obviously you know i know like like a lot of guys you know I, I don't know your exact story but like a lot of us going to shows you know just being able to be you know seeing bands having friends in bands and then kind of seeing that yo anybody could kind of start a band is that why you decided to be in a band yeah, I will tell you right now. So I was going to shows and I was, I like, I used to love to dance, right? Dance hard, dance while out. Yeah, I used to see you fucking jumping on everybody. <laughs> you know how many times you feel you fucking, I had your fucking sneaker, your Ewing or some shit in my fucking face? Ewing. Ewing's out of my fucking face. Uh, so like, and I was, I used to love to dance, right? I was like the ultimate Absolution fan. I loved Absolution. I would dance hard for all their shows. Right? Absolution. Too. Then Absolution broke up and I think like, I think I was just on, I was, hap I happened to be on the bench, right? And they just, all right, kid, you're up, you know? Yeah. I'm like, all right. Like, Gavin was like, all right, let's do a band. I'm going to get you a band, you know? So then, like, we recruited um, John Crickson, I think, initially, and um, me and, and Alex Napak, who was a wonderful bass player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of like timing. Gavin, I think, needed a new band, and I was kind of visible. We were friends a little bit. And, like, yeah, yeah. why not, right? But you, before that, you never thought about being in a band until they asked you? I don't even know. Yeah, no, it's weird, right? Back then, it was like a thing, right? Like, yeah, I didn't really had to do it. I'd already, I, me and Freddie had already did the compilation. I was already dancing. I already was like myself. Like, I felt yeah. comfortable within me. Like, so I, I don't know that I was aspiring. I, I was making hip hop music at the time in my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't it was like, fuck it. Yeah, like, there's just something to do. Because, of, and then, okay, 
So then you're like, all right, Gavin, you start jumping, you say, okay, fuck it, boom, we're gonna start, you're gonna start jamming. Yep. How far into jamming before you have your, you come up with the name Burn? And I don't even know. I think, I think Alex came up with that name. Okay, and where does that oh. come from? I always wondered where the name came from. And I heard you say it on one of these things and I forgot. I Alex, kind of- Alex, I don't, I think Alex made that shit up, you know? Great name. I love the name. I yeah, love the name. And Tim Boiling Point, I'm pretty sure made that logo, which is one of the best logos. Yeah, and the name was just great because it, it could have been anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, like, you know what I mean? And it was the right type of band that had that um newer style, you know, again, you know, talking about Gavin, you know, yeah. I, I bring up Gavin with you because there's, there's certain teams, like if it's the Roger, Vinny, you know, the, the, the me and the flame, the Gavin, I always- <laughs> Duo. <laughs> the duos, the dynamic duos of this hardcore shit. But I always think of that because those are big components, you know, your, your, your whole thing, and his whole style. 100%. And that's what I loved about Gav. He always had a real ill style that I never understood and only he could make work. I agree with that. I think a lot of people tried to bite Gavin. I think some more successfully than others, but Gavin is definitely his own type of player. So um, he has wonderful influences that range from way outside of hardcore. I mean, like even though like I love hardcore, we never listened to hardcore together. I don't, I yeah, can't remember yeah. time when Gavin and I listened to hardcore together. Yeah, so listen to Sade, country music, um, yeah, hip hop, everything. everything. Yeah, huh? yeah. I just said everything but hardcore. I know how kind of. I mean, yeah. you too, probably, right? I mean, exactly. But it's by the time by the time you're in a band and you're t- like you, when you're with your guys on tour, you know you're gonna be in a in a band for five hours. You're gonna have five bands. Like you don't listen to hardcore. Oh yeah, and I and I think you hear Annie Lennox, you hear all types of shit. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, we have all types of shit coming out of a fuck. That makes you, yo, when you said Annie Lennox, I just thought about myself like lying back on one of these seats in a fifteen passenger van, <laughs> on my head on my book bag or whatever it is. But still- exactly, yeah. Uh, like uh, somebody saying, "Yo, I got a piss." Exactly. Like yeah, you hit him a snapple bottle. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, but yeah. So no, but um, all right. You guys are you you know you start jamming with Gavin. You start you know you got the you got the thing. Because, you know, besides playing a couple of shows with my, my band and your band, you know, yeah. I, I probably saw probably all the burn shows you did in New York area at that time because you guys would start, you got, you guys ended up, you started popping off and getting like all those dope You're shows. You're getting some good shows with, I mean, great shows. Sick of it all. I mean, sick of it all. I, we owe sick of it all so much. You know what I mean? And, and you know, once again, Queens Connection. I was at Queens Center Mall one day with my mother and my little brother. And Lou and Pete, and I think there was a couple of people, they walked by, I said, sick of it all. And they came over and they said, what's up to me, right? And my, my mother was like, who is that? I was like, mom, that's sick of it all. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Ma, it's clobbering time. Yeah, right? Yeah, that is dumb. Yeah, I think Lou was like, Lou had the cane that day. I think he used to walk with a cane, remember? Not walk, yeah. walk around with the cane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Those are crazy days, bro. Fuck. Yeah, and fucking, but, um, how long jamming before you guys are, are playing shows, you think? I think pretty, I'm honestly pretty quick. I mean, we only, we, we had our first show, we only had, we played like three songs. Yeah. And I think Gavin pretty much had like one and a half of them kind of done. Yeah. yeah. I was one of these people that he has all these riffs and he can kind of like swap out riffs. Like um, the song, the, um, the Bait is Revealing the Parade from Absolution. You know, I think, wait, is that it? Or is it, is it not the bait? There's no we use Revealing the Prey. I mean, Gavin, Gavin uses his riffs in a modular fashion, which I think is great because he has, he writes great riffs. And I know sometimes of me, think about even yourself, like you have a bunch of riffs and you put like a riff on the record and 
the record maybe does great, but then you're like, oh shit, like that kind of riff, that idea would be great for this. And you're like, Larry did it 10 years ago, like yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Let me just repurpose it a little bit. So Gavin's great at that. And that's why I think Gavin's an, an iconic guitar player for us. Yeah, know? no, no, definitely, man. He has a fucking great sound. That again, that's what I think made um Burn stand out. And it was again, uh, it was that right time when um I guess you guys weren't like a post band, like let's say um the into another. Right. Like the harder, like right before that, got, okay, these are still the hardcore guys still trying to be hardcore. Now right. these are the hardcore guys trying seeing a little bit, being a little more. I think yeah. that was more orange, orange nine was more the kind of post. exactly, exactly. So when you were, let me ask, so at, before orange nine, so you got right now, you're, you're popping over burn, and one of the, the, the best burn show. Now, I don't want to say best, but that most memorable for me was the Boogie Down production show. So I don't oh, know, dude. How you riot that day in the pit? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. No, yes, I was were. there. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. It was a great show. Dude, that it was, was incredible. Yeah, it was and the style. Again, it was a stylish show. It was a dope thing. The whole concept. Uh, stage dives. I mean, the, the whole thing. A lot of space. The music. Everybody was dope culturally. Yes, exactly. The location, everybody was cool. Even, you know, all the KRS people came out, you know, I remember Heather B coming out freestyle, yeah. yelling in, and it was like dope and how it fell in with the bands. And I, that was I, Rory, shouts to Rory Kremlin. You don't want to know something? I actually think I got uh, that, because um, it was the Amnesty. Yeah, that's Rory. I, yeah, I had that flyer somewhere, like a little flyer from that somewhere here. From that show because I was like, yeah, she, she put on a lot of great shows, yo, and she really helped the cult. She was early on, but she's still friends with those KRS people to this day. The Boogie Down, oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a dope and it's classic, you know, that don't happen, you know, that Not still it. rarely happens. And, and you know, it tries it happens now into the guise of Warp Tour, yeah, yeah, but, but, up, right, you know what I mean. But back then, when it was still like a dark club or like dudes, like, oh, should they fighting him? Like a riot breaks out, yeah, it was, it was so nascent, no one really knew what the fuck is this. Shit? And what made it dope was the connection with KRS being on early Middle album, and and uh, and KRS is a real motherfucker. Like it wasn't yeah. like some candy at the moment rapper who was out and just happened to be like, oh, this is something cool. And Whose label got him on the tour? No, a legend. <laughs> you know, you had a fucking uh, we had we, a we had a legend yeah, yeah. playing a hardcore show. You know, I was proud. You know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, that was incredible. And that, that venue was so good. Right, I know, man. I mean, oh those fucking, those upscaled venues, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, for that. So fucking, what was the, what you think was, um, you got to do any um, bigger tours with Burn? Or did you get you to know, Burn? Burn never really did a lot of right. touring. You know what I mean? We did very little touring. I mean, like we did a lot of great shows like Runs with Swizz, Us and Swizz and, yeah. You know, um, we did, did we do some, that was so long ago. Like, Burn didn't really do a fuck ton of traveling. It's kind of, the, yeah, and then. Um, we did do then, a lot of traveling. When, when Burn, before, all right, so, all right, so, all right, right after Burn, you did the Orange Nine, correct? Right. So, all right, at the end of Burn, what, what, what was happening? Was it slowing down? Did you say, we're going to dead it? Because I never took it as you guys ever quit. I just saw you know, it. I mean, me, me and Gavin would just say, I don't know. I mean, hopefully all these duos, right? They're duos for a reason. And they, people rely on each other in the same way any relationship. Motherfuckers annoy each other. Oh, you yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. And so, like, at the point, like, not only were me and Gavin annoyed at each other, but we also couldn't keep a drummer. 
impossible to find a fucking drummer in the city at that time. We didn't have we didn't have Instagram, right? Where you could just fucking yo, who wants to move to New York and play in a hardcore band, right? They didn't didn't have that, right? Yeah, I know. You know, we just had exhaust all these drummers, and we just kind of like just kind of slowly backed away from the ledge. Mm. You know, there wasn't really any hatred or anything like that. There was a lot. I think there was, I think there there was some a little bit of, of negative energy, you know. But that's all got that's all well. Yeah, since. it happens. You yeah. have to, you know, like you know, humans. You know, if you exactly. don't have that, you know, you're not, you don't really know each other. You know what I mean? Because, you know, no, nobody's identical. Right. So I always tell people, I was like, if, if everything is too perfect, that's when you should be scared. CasaTheRock.com, home of that fly DIY. You want to support the show? Go cop some merch right now. We got a lot of new t-shirts, shorts, and caps Welcome available. Everything is made in-house by your boy on the spot. So show some love, support the movement. CasaTheRock.com is the spot. But yeah, so um, so yeah, the end of burn. You guys talk. All right, you're, you're winding on. You and Gavin are gonna kill each other. You're gonna, you're gonna play it <laughs> like. Nah, nah, I know. I know. I know you mean, basically, no things just got. <clears throat> I know what it is. Just you know, things. You know, time took. You know, I heard this thing once where somebody says you lose a friend every seven years because around after that much. Well, that time, makes sense. You know, I get it. Yeah, when somebody said that, I can see that. Like that's where you know everything about somebody, and then you're moving on to another chapter in life, and you want to carry baggage or not. And this, there's also a science behind that to the physical body, because your physical body, like your every cell supposedly is brand new after seven years. I think it's- Oh, I, I didn't know that. So but Yeah, I mean, this, there, there's, a, there's a life the life cycle. You see, I'm smart. I'm well, smart. You, you, are, you, are, you are smart. You are no, smart. no, but no, but I, I heard that and it made sense because when I start thinking about people that, you know, along the way, that kind of, that were like, yo, this is my everyday. And then the night every day, you kind of look, it's like you start seeing that after a five year, then then it becomes okay. You know, somebody- 100% correct. You know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. So, and then, all right, were you done with music in your head right after Burn? Like right after that? Like, oh, you nah, were like- No, nah, because- like, Yeah, I'll tell you real quick, because I think the writing was, I think all, the writing was on the wall, like that we were pretty much done and me and Orange, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Byrne had played a show in Connecticut. And that was a show where I had the hatchet. There's some, I, gotta, I wish people had more pictures where I had this, I bought this hatchet. And I was like swinging around this hatchet in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Boston, six shows. And fucking um, Chris Trainer from Orange, from um, Fountainhead at the time, later became an Orange Nine. He was at the show, so I was like, yo, like, you guys should talk. So we ended up talking. And like pretty much right after that, me and Chris started meeting up and like writing. So like, I, we had started Orange Nine like right when both broke up right after and i think gavin had pride pretty much in the same time frame and i think in that sense it was a really i think it was a really healthy kind of segue right it wasn't like somebody sitting there like yeah. what am i gonna do now you know yeah, nobody the right time nobody felt stuck and nobody felt you know artistically you know, you know strangled or, or cut off from the from the flow line because we all had next things right that were more unique to even our personality yeah. Yeah, and let me ask you, all right, so you, you started this new band. What was your idea of what this band was going to sound like? What was your... We talked about that shit, because, and this is crazy. Fuck, this is, dude, yo. I've been, um, after, let me tell you, I'm, I'm doing, um, I'm collaborating with a friend, Greg, of mine. I want to share something with you. This also relates to the mental. But, um, so me and Chris, like, we were standing in front of, I think, maybe his old building. And I was like, we were just trying to think about, okay, like, so we want to do this thing, and we want to do it now. Right, so like, what, how can we do that? How can we make that happen? 
So we were like, all right, like let's take what three bands do we want to use as our guidelines, right? So we had Tribe Called Quest, Smashing Pumpkins, and Screaming Trees, right? And not that we sound anything like that, but I it just it. created a playpen for us to get shit done in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, and I totally and I totally know what you mean because I do the same, and that's why I asked the question. And and you you wanted to be honest with you, you're one of the few people that answered the question <laughs> straight up because I tell people that and 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 it becomes something like and that's exactly because I know I've been in bands and I know it, some people feel like I'm 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 accusing them of stealing music or something. I don't know what they think wow. sometimes when I'm like no you sit and you kind of ballpark exactly like yeah. oh what what are vibes I would like to tap in that's what it is. We don't sound like, but it's it's a vibe. It just gives you a place to go. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, exactly. Like, like exa I, it's hard to explain, but I know that's what we do. And it's funny when I ask bands that they never, they always kind of get around it or, or they kind of sway away from it or take it the wrong way sometimes. And I'm like, no, right. that, you know, it's influence. Like I get it. Cause that's what you do. It ain't, or it ain't being fake. It ain't like being like, it's not, it's not even biting. Like, honestly, I hate cover songs. No, yeah. And it's like coming I love the band. of a band. Is the same way you think of things. It sounds cool. It looks cool. What? Right. You know, that's why you pick it. You know, it exactly. Looks, you know, it's no, it's not always the deepest thing. Of how does it look on a shirt? That's how you should pick it. Yo, honestly, and also, like, literally, I've been having this discussion with a friend of mine that I'm collaborating with, like, thinking about like, what, what, like, what is it? What is how? What is the band name supposed to satisfy for a person's mind, uh, mind, feeling, and emotions? What you when I when you hear Madball, like that gives me a lot of information to work with, right? When you hear Burn, it gives me a different kind of it's like, okay, well, this band sounds like they might be on some existential shit, but it's probably heavy and uh, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it, smashing pumpkins. Okay, well, this sounds like it's maybe a bit arty, but a bit whimsical because a pumpkin can't, can't get your back. So this guy's obviously not huge. He's you know what I mean? Like it gives yeah, you yeah, yeah, no, gives totally. some energy to play with, you know. And it's funny because I'm I'm the anti-everything of these guys, of the typical musician. Because okay. I, I'll tell you, because I got influences that I pick up and, and in the same way, like what we talk about, I pick up vibes and okay. and, I, and I influence them. I'm not taking risks, but like you say, and like, for instance, a funny story, uh, there was a uh, Entombed has this okay. one track, Wolverine Blues. It has, it's just a, a badass breakdown. It's some halftime breakdown shit. You hear it, you would go off in your room right now. I guarantee you. Well, anyway, you know, uh, you know, I love Entombed, but I'm not at home blasting Entombed. I never did. But right, I, right, right. I appreciate them. I love it. And that one track, I was like, yo, I got to come up with some shit like that. And I came up with a riff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, it's not, you're not biting. You're, you're yeah, resonating. Yeah. But, yeah, but long story short, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, Mitch, who played with us, was is good friend, is friends with those guys, and we played okay. some festival in Europe. And right away, we played some fest, and I woke up to Homeboy, and I go, "Yo, that riff is dope. Yo, I bet you, I bet you shit mad times. You know, uh -huh. I literally told him, yo, I robbed, I robbed that riff, and I robbed another one. But I was joking. I didn't really right. rob it. I was just like, you know, I took that vibe and I worked with it. He kind of looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I was like, yo, I took that vibe and I took it for this song and that song." Cause I was more like, yo, salute. Cause yeah, to me, it's like, where, it, it, you know, it's like you cook something that I find tasty. You want to know what's inside of it? Yeah, I like, and I want to tell you, good job. 
Yeah. I'm not going to be like nobody else. And then you also want to think, how can I, can I make this at home? What, exactly. Exactly. No. <laughs> or I'll be like, I'm going to take this, but I'm going to add what I like. Exactly. And that's what it, we do. But, um, you know, and that's good. And then, so you took those bands and you started and um, you, mixing those vibes. And I think we never brought it up. We never brought it up after that day. Yeah. That's great. That's good. That's good. And then you just, or, and let me add, okay, your Orange Nine is, you know, you're jamming out, right? You're starting to right. jam. How, how long, you do a couple shows, how long before you start seeing label interest? Because that shit pop, seemed like to me, it popped off pretty quick also. Yeah, it did. I mean, the label, we got, thinking about this is crazy. We, we were getting ready to, we were getting signed, labels were trying to sign us right when the EP came out and we had done maybe Fuck. It was probably it may, it may have been like I don't maybe like three months. I think we the seat. Wait, I'm trying to think of how long it may, it may have been. I think we got signed within three months. It was quick. Bastards. Well, yeah, it was like three months. Jealous. I'm but yo, yeah, but I think our, honestly, I think that 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 we made a lot of mistakes by signing that early. Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh, that was and good. I'm I'm gonna share this. I think that the mistakes that and I mentioned this um a long time ago. One of the mistakes that you make is when something happens. So I think too early. We were like, okay, well. You know, we didn't know what part, because the way the label machine works is that it's the label and then their their brother who is the uh, is a booking agent and their other brother who does this and their other, you know, group member that does that, right? In their overall structure of, of friends. And if you don't give them full access to that, if you pull out one of their friends, then you're not going to have success. You know what I mean? And so instead of us being like, okay, like, we're hardcore, but like we're stepping into this world. Okay, you know what? Just just do it. Have all your brothers run this shit. Gotcha. We didn't do that. Mm. We didn't do that. Gotcha. And the guy, our manager told me, he's like, I can't get you on the tour if we don't have that, if we don't have this role. You know, I can't get you that spot on the show if we not. But we were yeah. like, oh, we're hardcore. Yeah. You know, so, no, no, I, I, you, know what, you know, in all fairness, you know, um, it's a tough time. And could I ask you this? Was like obviously, you know, did you catch any of the era where, where, you know, there was, you know, these major labels were throwing a little bit of money around. Yeah, we, I mean, we got signed for a good amount of money. Good, I mean, because that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just trying to paint this, not to tell people what, like what you made, but you know, people got to understand this. You know, these decisions get made because this was at a time you're also in a band and you're getting offers that we never got. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it people was in our world. You know, several oh, hundreds of like thousands that, of dollars. Dude. It was a lot. It was a lot of money. But I think, and most of that money ended up getting spent making the record. So like, there was very little net to us yeah. of that sad way. Exactly. You know. You know, which, and I think that's another part of the scam, right? We're gonna sign you for X amount of money, you know. But you know, my cousin's gonna make the record, and he's gonna charge you, you know, six, you know, six tenths of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, make, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. <laughs> you know, but, you know, for me, I was like. You know, though, I just remember being like, yo, this motherfucker's doing it. I just remember. Because I started seeing, you know, the, you see MTV play. And then yeah, we're getting some shit. Being a, bu a big budget video, you know, and they're like, oh, shit, yo, you know they got a stylist on that shoot. You know, I was like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I was like, yo, you know they got like that. on that fucking one. It sounds like a rap lyric. All my video shoots got stylists. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, no, but I remember and Maddie Henderson always used to bump that one track. The I forgot what it was called, but Failure you know, or something. Fire. It had that one part. Right. <laughs> Maddie Henderson shot. He was right. Shout out to Maddie Henderson. Shout out. 
Um, yeah. yeah, that was those, those are fun, fun times, fun shows. You know what I mean? I'm rocking. We did Jordan put out, I don't know if you can even really see this shit, but Jordan put out the Orange Nine EP reissue. He made these shirts, and I just happened to have it on today. But um, that's dope. And then, um, and so we have our, our record Tragic, they, they, they did like a reissue that's almost out. People want to grab it. This company in Europe called 30 something records is doing it. It's pretty, it's pretty much sold out, but you can, I think you can still find a few. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. And, um, um, and then, um, so yeah, so you guys came out. So, uh, was that um first uh, major label you guys were on? Or you ever were on? One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think I, for Chris too, we were we were. I mean, we weren't that young. You know, we're probably you know, twenty five. I was twenty five, I guess. That's young, man. That's a kid. That's still a kid. You know. You know. Yeah, Chris yeah, was man. younger, probably maybe twenty one or something yeah, like that. I'm, I'm thinking about that now. I was like, oh, forget it. I, I was, what I was doing then. I was doing. <laughs> My my third my twelve year old is freaking more mature than I was when I was twenty five. Yeah. Well, different time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Different and um, Orange Nine um touring wise. All right. That you got to do some shit, right? You did a lot. I mean, I think one of our, I think one of the only main European tours we did was Biohazard, and that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Those guys, incredible. Yeah, life. I love those guys. Just over there is incredible. Like just. Incredible, memorable, incredible shows. Um, and we did some interesting tours here. We did like one, I think one of our first tours was like Nets Atomic Dustbin or something like that. We did um, RS9 Quicksand Helmet. That was incredible. That's pretty hell. Like, that was just, that was just, that felt like a special time in, in music in my bones, I guess. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, it definitely was. That like um, music was, um, you know, it had, a, you know, it was it, something fresh was coming out with like this hybrid. Yeah, exactly. Old hardcore dudes doing some other shit. That's what I call it. Music that old hardcore dudes do. You know, and it could be whatever. Like, you know, like if it's a social distortion style or whatever, you could tell like, oh, that comes from where we come from. They just decided right. to try something else. You know Absolutely. You know, and that's fucking, and, and how, how long was Orange, what was the Orange 9 run for? Probably like 95 to 2000 maybe. Uh, and and it's not many, that long. And what you did what was the the record and what else? How, what you did? How many two things? Right? We did we did we did a bunch. We did two LPs. We did um, Drive Not Included, Tragic. Then we did um, the EP on Revelation. Then we did um, oh, yeah, the EP Ultraman God First Godzilla and um, Pretend I'm Human LP. You have a lot of fucking. Uh, yeah, there's 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 maybe damn three LPs. And 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 recording, you got to record in any um, Big Willie Studios, any Big Willie dudes? Yeah, we, we recorded at El Dorado with, with Dave Jordan, um, who did Allison Chain, Chain's Addiction, and this guy Brian. I forgot we used to call him Kyler, but I forgot his uh, his last name. But he's a great engineer. How was that? Um, oh shit! Like it was. I mean, it used to be Marvin Gaye's studio, so it was pretty. It was just incredible. You know what I mean? None of us belong within a mile of that. <laughs> We're like no. property value dropped big time for you. Yeah, that's Marvin right. Gaye's the king. Yo, what happened? Oh, that's dope, man. That, that, that's, that's a fact. Um, but yeah, I mean that we had, they had this guy called the Drum Doctor, right? He came out there. And he like he had all these different drum sets, and he would like listen to the song, and he come like swap out the drums and put different mics up, and like put speakers in the room, and they'd record the speakers like Matt playing drums, like they'd be like recording it. I mean, there's a lot of the production. That's interesting for me to really think about now. There was a big Jordan's production was pretty interesting now that I think about how we got some of those drum sounds. 
and 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 as a singer, did you um, did you feel like, or what did you, what did you do your 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 thing your way, or did this guy that these big women? I mean, try I probably sang. I sang so I was constantly spitting up mucus. I was singing so hard. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, and I was yeah. I was yeah. It was. I mean, because I kept saying, "Sing it harder." You know, <laughs> I say it harder. <laughs> How much fucking harder you want this shit? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Wow, I'm just thinking about like, yeah, that was, yeah, that was. But I think I like how those vocals sound on that first yeah. record, especially. You know, I mean, and and you guys had success with the band. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, and and that's another thing. It's like you you seem to have had you had a good little uh, momentum with like. What you were doing with you get you'll catch a momentum with shit what you do you know what I mean and, yeah I mean yeah so who knows maybe I'll catch momentum with ghost decibels yeah know. yeah exactly where and then all right so uh, that goes on and then did the same thing what what what, what um, um Orange Nine did that happen well, Chris Chris left Orange Nine after the first record so it kind of the whole basis of the pyramid kind of got flipped up a bit yeah and Taylor who's a wonderful musician didn't really want to play heavy music. Gotcha. So you already keep trying to keep. So it. now it's we're at a point where we're like, I'm like, okay, well, this is like my thing, and now like, I guess I'm gonna let's collaborate, and we made some wonderful songs. I think yeah. that pretend I'm you it's got good stuff on it, you know. But I think, I mean, I know I wanted to do heavier shit, and Taylor didn't want to do heavy shit. Yeah. You know, and just there was just like um, just there was no longer a, a passion for, and even a genre for what we were really trying to do. Yeah, yeah, it's weird when that happens, right? When you yeah. kind of a genre and then there's no more genre, or it's kind of like one. Or well, you're outside of the genre, because like, now we're doing something that falls outside of what we, what we, what they, everybody else signed up for when they said, "Oh, yeah." Time. yeah. It's like if you guys came out doing like something different. I'm mean, saying acoustic because like, a mad ball acoustic would be great. But if you guys came out doing some kind of jazz thing, people might Mind be like, up, oh, yeah. "This doesn't do. This doesn't do the mad. I want mad ball." This yeah, no, totally. And and fast forward, I remember this. I remember like so obviously, you know. We're being with Freddie and, and everybody when like we're always talking bands when oh what, what's gonna be the next Super Bowl or whatever and then they're like yo we got oh man I was just, you know when that was coming and I remember being like yo that's gonna be good and I remember specifically before you played I saw you upstairs and I talked to you real quick and I remember you being you seem you seem nervous and I was I remember, nervous I remember going yo whatever and you're like yo what's up and I was like oh yo man you guys are gonna kill it and you were like yo man I hope and I was like are you fucking kidding me and then I was like. You know, because I knew the vibe. I know people were waiting for it. And I was like, oh, this, I, I remember telling myself, oh, he's going to see. And I remember watching you guys. Mm -hmm. That was the, to, the two best, my, my two favorite all-time uh, um, black and blue sets were Judge and that Burn set. Oh. I think for, sonically, the vibe of the show, right. the, the, the tightness of the band, those two sets were identical for me as being flawless. Wow, that's amazing. For me, and I was wow. like, these Thank motherfuckers, you. like, where, you know, I'm, I'm almost jealous. I was like, man, I wish I was playing that. I said the same thing with you guys, and when Judge played it, and I even was like, right. let me, you know, I wanted to be my, I want to catch crazy. I, I, I want to catch something fucked up, and I'm like, yo, fucking, well, both, you guys and the Judge said, perfect. You know what's crazy? And they might have, we might have had the same sound guy for both those shows because I know that judge people know Chris Gibby, Gibby, what's his last name? But just Gibby, sound guy. He did our sound. It's important. It's so important to have a good sound guy. 
And not only that, but the sounds of you guys, you know, well, Gavin, that too, Conley, but you know, yeah. and, that, and the sound guy, but I mean, it was, and the set, and I remember being like, and people were going off. That was like, you know, it's like a highlight reel. You know, you got your highlight yeah. reel from that set. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like, which is great. That felt amazing. I, de I definitely will tell you. Thanks, you know, thanks for having us. So that was yeah. that felt just. No, and it was great, and it was a, and it was a good. Like, you know what it was? It was like a. It was it was a good it was one of the I was psyched to see you guys popping up again playing because it was like um you know a lot of older bands you guys were a band that were kind of, it was weird like you it was never the gorilla biscuit band but right, you were right that band that always bobbed and weave under there so it was good to have that it was like you know like you, you guys never got played out right right yeah <laughs> We stopped playing out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So that was good. So it still felt fresh to see you guys come back. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I seen Burn a billion times, even though I've seen a lot of the, i probably seen all the New York shows. Because it was. Oh, like, yeah, those those shows. You know, because I think we were, we just ended up being on shows that pretty much the whole scene was at for. Yeah. There was other bands as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, and that, and, and then I know you always recording with that, and that's always lingering around. And, the, and then now, so I know, again, what's dope is like, you're always doing something new. And I know this is your new shit, but you've been doing it for a minute with the ghost decibels. That's and, correct. And I know a lot of it is, um, uh, is what do you call it, synthonic? How would you call it? <laughs> what you call it? What's the word of hydroponic? Yeah, I think you just coined a new genre. So there you go. It's the, synthonic. Synthon rock. So Mr. Ghost decibels, what kind of music do you play? It's called synthonics. It's, synthonics. It's, it's, it's from the cousin of Ebonics, <laughs> and it's called synthonics. You know what? Accurate. You know they <laughs> accurate. Holy shit! Yeah. My music is electronic ebonics. There you go. You Listen, just you just that, Chaka, that one's on the house. The next one I'm gonna need a fucking point on the fucking on the next record. Synthonics. Well, so. yeah, there you go. Synthonics, hydroponics, <laughs> Mantronics. <laughs> <laughs> and Mantronics, uh, I, I love that that era of music because it's, and that, you know, this is what I want to share. All right, so, like, we know hardcore, like, you step into the hardcore thing, especially if you listen to, like, older hardcore videos, you'll see, like, the guitar players are not doing a lot of work and they're creating a lot of heat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of, like, what am I going to do now energy, like, that just starts coming off of very few chords. Yeah. And even today, you see people playing the same few chords, but they're not generating the heat. Yeah. What I, I shared with the same this, all right, so, these holidays, this whole uh, coronavirus shit, like family, you're know, limiting how, you know. So me and my mom, we had our day for the holidays, right? And like, she's like a huge TV and, and you know, her Bluetooth. And she's like, oh, you want to watch something? I was like, I don't see you. Let's listen to some music or some shit. Let's, you know, like, so she's like, all right, what do you, like, what do you want to hear? So I'm like, yo, I've been listening. Remember King Sonny So that Sonny is this kind of uh, African guitar, guitar player. But we started talking about Fela. And there's a song, Fela, Sorrow, Tears, and Blood. When you just hear it come on, it just, you can't not dance. It just makes you feel good. It's like, not the first time that you saw, like, um, you ever seen, you see, have you seen the cover of the Shook Hill Gang, um, the, um, the Message? Grand Master Flash and Furious Five? Cool. The original cover with, with the, them in the boom box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember the first time you saw that, how you felt warm? You felt like, I want to yeah. know more about this. Yeah, yeah. That's how that video feels. There's none of the, there's none of the negative, there's no, it's pure curiosity and no negativity. And I think that that's what I'm really hoping to get from, from music now, because I think now we're, we've come to the point where like, we have to be almost, we have to chase our negative tales to try to be 
the hardest or the thisest or the baddest. Yeah. And it's kind of not a race to the bottom, but I think the beauty of Harper what we do is that there's so much that's not that's not spoken or said that's implied in how it all comes together that pushes out that makes it heavy. Yeah. Right? Because I listen to death metal something, it just, it just sounds tuned down to me that there's nothing heavy about. There's nothing emotional about. There's nothing making me feel concerned or feel anxious or any of that, right? Yeah. And I think that just like right now, like listen, I would just for people, listen for in, in music, like what take what allows you to feel free? Like what allows you to feel, oh, I can think when I listen to this. Oh, I know this is my jogging music. People have that, but like what other kinds of ways can you enjoy music? You know what it is, Chaka? It don't matter what the genre is. You could tell if music has soul or not. And that's what it is. You can make anything sound. We could copy any genre. I could Absolutely. make right now a death metal song, but you could tell if I'm faking the funk because you'll know you will hear, you'll feel. You won't yeah. feel the soul. There's soul. What, what, what do you think that soul is? I agree with you. What, do you. what is soul? That's want. Soul is want, meaning I want to play this riff. I really want to play this genre. I really want this sound to go next to this. So I'm playing it like I really want it. Your hands, that's why you could taste it in cooking and when playing and like, yeah. however it is that you, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you, you let out your, your, you know, your, your signals or whatever. I yeah. you could do that and, and you could tell, I could hear shit. Okay. A studio player. Oh, he could play anything, but all right. Now you can find a guy who's maybe not as classically trained, but he's plays from the junkyards of fucking Louisiana and he's playing some exactly. fucking shit that you're like, you're crying listening to him play two strings. Bam. Feel it. You know why? Because that guy's living it. You know, he's, I want this to be it. Not just like, yeah, oh, this is what I like. No, this is what I am. And, when, and what I need to express. I love yes, that. When you're great. that. When you're yeah. that, you're gonna feel it. And I think you can oh, feel I think that's anything. Beautiful. You know that's what I mean? Right there. And, 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 and what do you need to express? What do you need to, if I were to ask you, wait, what do you need to express? What would, what would be your response? Um, to me is, um, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of hard to say. It's just whatever it is at that moment, I want you to, I want you to know exactly how I feel at that moment, whatever it exactly. is. So I you're try to a fullness. A picture. Right. I don't want you to be like, oh, this, I want you to have an idea of what I'm feeling. No, I want you to know, oh, he's oh. Really bad at this. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, I love okay. the em emphasis. That, I think I, you're adding emphasis to what my thought was. I think that's beautiful. You know, and, you know, and it's, um, you know, and again, it's just, uh, you know, I guess we're lucky that we have music and everybody yeah. doesn't have something where that gives them a chance to be like, oh, I could do that. I, I you know, that lets them express themselves and right. how far they could express themselves and how to express themselves. Not everybody has that. Some people got to go to nine to five and they don't got the time. Oh, man. And I mean, they, I know. They end up fucking um, being falling down. Homeboy with the fucking glasses. Michael, Michael Douglas. You end up being that. Wild, wilding out. What's up? He snapped, wilded out. That was it. Good night. Exactly. You know <laughs> what I mean? But like, all right, the ghost decibels, some other vibe, totally vibe shit like, um, I know you you said I've heard that you did like you maybe played out a little bit with it, but it was so far you just kind of recording stuff, right? You know, I played out, but I mean it's I played out and actually oddly I met my ex-girl. So like I reached out to a woman I knew at the time. I was like, yo, I'm like I need two modern dancers for this show I'm doing at Grand Victory, right? Because I was just thinking like it'd be the them dancing and just me doing the songs, right? To tracks like hip hop style. 
And so these two girls came down. Um, I was like, all right, great, perfect, thank you. I paid them for their time or whatever. And then I ended up, the one ended up staying after and she became my girlfriend. But um, that's just a kind of funny story. But for, for like four years. Wow, but the funny shit is this, like, when it comes to the art, and this goes back to you, right, when you shared that you want someone to know exactly what you're talking about. When it comes to this shit here, I don't know if you can, yeah, me, 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 me. when it comes to that, like, I feel like I'm closer to that manifestation of giving you a big picture, or not giving you a total picture. But when it comes to how does this thing look when I present it visually in live, I had no idea. Yeah. That's the fucking challenge for me. And I just don't know what the fuck it looks like. I don't know how to make it interesting. Yeah. I haven't been focusing on that because I'm trying to get the music to the next level. Yeah. You know, so I have my homegirl Mariah is making supposed to make some video for me. And I have other friends doing visuals for me. But I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you, I mean, what would, if you were me, what would you do? Let's start. Let's hey, you know, you know, I, I'd have to sit in a room and blast it. And and, and and what do you call it? I would have to really intoxicate myself with a nature's lettuce. And then I would have to like, you know, and I would just have to let, what, what, open up my chakras, my chakra cons. <laughs> I would have to open my chakra cons up, right? That's what's <laughs> up. I don't know, but you know what it is? I know it's crazy. It's weird, like, um, um, especially again, we come from bands and we know that uh, exactly. we, we want to paint the whole picture. So we we it's it's a big missing it's a missing it's a big missing part if we don't have the visual the sound the yeah, everything I, I want. Band, it's I easy. It. I know that you're going to be playing the bass and you're going to be standing over here or over yeah. here. It's going to be a drum and good night, right? Yeah. But with me and like some music, like do I have like a keyboard out? Is it trick? Am I really playing the songs? Am I not? Like I know what you mean. Is I anyone else there on stage? Yeah, Am I really? And it's curious because it's funny because um I have another group that I've been working on. And true union yeah the true union stuff and and it's 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 you know it's basically more on a rock tip it's a like i always say it's like if acdc broke down in corona queens and recorded it and had james brown's drummer you know oh that sounds crazy so, are we gonna get, it, give me a give me a guest vocal yeah yeah and it's it's some shit like that but it's cool kind of like that but i also think how i present it it's not you know as as simple as rock and roll as it is i want to i wanted to i have my own visual even if it's hard for me to put it into words, but I, I'm 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 on the same boat where I'm I want to make sure I roll it out the right way because I want people to get I want the best chance for the people to interpret it the way I did. Boom. So I want to make sure all the bells and whistles are as close as to I can make it. You know. 100%. What I mean? So it's like so I get it when like laying something out new, why people are so anal with every aspect of it so i mean I'm, and I, don't, I just think because my, my main challenge I, everything you said is true and highlighting that like that show i thought it was really boring i look at pictures from it i'm like oh my god this looks boring yeah when you're there and you're seeing two attractive women do interpretive modern dance it's not as boring right it turns into what i want for me ghost festivals i like i consider myself an artist right for me ghost festivals is like is a, is i want to be classic like in the museum sense i want to be able to have i want to be able to play in the museum you know what I mean? I want you to go to the Whitney and be able to see me play, right? Yeah. While there's other shit, maybe there's other art. I don't care. I'm not because I and I because I value I value art. I love art. Like so, for me, like anything. And then Murphy's Law was in the Guggenheim, Nine, right? I mean, so you know what I mean? Like I want to I want to be one of these people that is able to share art, right? Music. I think sharing the music is 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 there, but there's something about the art that gives another layer. The art is. 
the art is the transpersonal piece or the interpersonal piece, right? The music is one thing, but then when you can see me perform it and you can see me and I can see you, right? Now this becomes a whole different experience. We're, 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 we're both exchanging on another level now. Absolutely. Just the music, which I love the music, right? Absolutely. You know, it's like, I tell people, I was like, um, it's very important that that's why when I lay it out, because I tell people, I'm going to let everybody out there, I'm going to give the, the world the magic trick. You okay. know, and when somebody's, when you're in front of somebody pre-COVID, before <laughs> you COVID people, but, right. you know, if you're looking at me and I'm talking to you and I'm, and I'm if I'm trying to explain something to you and I'm looking right in your eyes and I even put my arm on your shoulder when I'm making the point, you're going to really realize that yeah, I'm making important. a statement because all your senses, I'm hitting all your senses by touching yeah. and touching. I try to do the same with the music. And that's what a lot of people Ooh, do. You want to stimulate people with as many senses as possible to leave uh, an impression on them. And, 100%. and what, how many times we've seen, we've liked the song more after we saw the video or we didn't like a song till oh we God. saw the video. That's happened to all of us. I could speak yeah. for the world. Paint, it it paints the picture, finishes the picture for you. You know, and then once, and it can even be a song that you probably wouldn't have gave the chance, but you like the video, you put it and now you're hearing it and now you hear it. because you You're relating it to the visual, how you felt when you saw the video. Yes, and that's it. And I say that thing is so embedded in my brain. I lay out everything like that, even if it takes me longer, you know, because I'm yo, like, that's, dude, yo, that's yeah. fuck. Like, put like this, even if you're going to diss me, I want you to diss me with all oh, bells and whistles on. <laughs> I want every chance I'm like, to you're a super catch fragilistic experience. Exactly. You know what? At the end of the day, is I want, at the end of the day, I want to crack that, that, that code of you thinking my shit is dope. So I'm yeah. not going to force it. I'm going to make you want it, but I'm going to keep going at it till I beat you at it. That's the difference. Like to me, I want to, I want to make, not like, yo, you got to like what I like. No, I'm like, you don't think it's dope. I'm going to keep hitting you till I get you. I'm going to make you like, yeah, that. exactly. exactly. Like, yeah. Give me something to grind to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, um, that, cause at the end, what are you doing? You're just, you're just, I think that when our music is more connected, we're just, we're just being more connected with humanity, right? At large. Yeah. You know what I mean? The more connected, I feel like my worst music is when I'm like all in here, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the stuff that, that nobody cares about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, and what's the deal with the ghost? Like, so, um, are you just collecting music now? Are you putting stuff together? Or like, yeah, I just released an EP last night, last night being the 30th. Um, oh, called Haunted Houses. And there you go. And what's that on? Because this is going to drop um, on Thursday. Booyah. So. Yeah, that's on my band camp. It should be on all the streaming platforms shortly thereafter. Oh, shit. All right. Boom. And is that is it? So it's on that. Are you going to put up, uh, do any type of videos or any type? Yeah, my, one of my friends said, my friend Mariah is supposed to be making me a video for, um, there's a song on there called When the System Dies. But, you know. I want to try to get a video for, um, I want videos for all these. They're just, I think they're just kind of, they're kind of, uh, like I said, like I'm, I fancy myself an artist, so I'm going to let myself make what I make. I don't really adhere to formulas. And yeah. sometimes it sounds like soundtrack music, but sometimes it doesn't. And I like soundtrack music, you know, but I think that these, I feel like I keep getting better, right? With, with each kind of grouping and getting closer to something that people are like, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like you're talking to somebody like I'm like um like you are in a foreign country you're trying to ask where the bathroom is at you're like, and you're, you're like we we and then they're like ha, ha, ha. so you finally do the gesture they say oh yeah. ah. bye right. George I got it 
And that's what I'm trying to do with like, the, but by, to your point, right? Just continuing to manifest and get to the point where it's like, yeah, I get it. Boom, Hoya, you got me. Yo, Hoya, yo, honestly, I, yo, I got to shout out Hoya. He got me with that last joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, right? I think, I yo, I feel like we're like scientists. You know, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're in the lab, right? You're in the lab, you're mixing elements and like you're lighting that shit a bunch of bird, you're watching it explode or not, you know? Back to the lab, back to the fucking lab, yeah. manifesting shit. Does no, this work? No, know? for sure. And, 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 you know, again, you know, I shout out, you know, Guys like you who always did music throughout the years and anybody who's, you know, continue to try to make music and do all that because, um, like I said, there's a, there's two types of people. And I said it on our other podcast and I, and I don't give a fuck. This is my podcast. I'll say it on every one I have to. But the hardest shit I've ever heard was David Lee Roth. I think it was on Howard Stern or something. He said the hardest shit. He said he ran into one of his friends from high school. And when a friend told him, yo, man, David, yo, you the luckiest guy in the world. Yo, you got the life. Yo, David, you're the luckiest, blah, 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 blah. And, and he goes, he looked at him and he goes, yo, I just didn't quit. You did. Because his friend was in a band too. And he basically uh -oh. just almost said, yo, not just like big himself up, hard work, and I'm gifted. He was like, I basically, without saying it, I stuck through it. Like right. we did. And when he stick through it, you know, yeah. like the thing, you know, most likely people are going to be. You know, something's going to evolve from it, period. Right. It's just going to, even if it's the worst thing in the world. Oh, okay. I mean, I prefer that we had better results than that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, and it's like, um, it's just crazy. It's like, um, it's, it's crazy. It's like, I just tell people like, um, you know, do what you want to do. You know, it's, you know, especially um, keep creating. I learned later on in life and I learned from the younger cats, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I would watch my, you know, I would, I would uh, uh, corner myself into like what I could do. And, you know, I'm a mad boy. I could only do this and that. I could only, and, you know, I couldn't come out the box. I'm like, yeah, I can't come out the box with mad boy, but I could do other music. I, I, I never, exactly. I never let myself breathe till later on in life. And then when I would watch these other bands, you know, or like the whole crew, the turnstile, uh, trapped in the rice crew, like all these Get dudes like that 10 minutes. bands, the same dudes. Shout out to all those bands, man. Absolutely. But they were all played different styles of music. And they were like, why not? We're homeboys. Why not? And nobody blinked an eye. And I go, yeah, who the fuck's going to blink an eye if I want to do something else? You know, yeah. like, you know, and I, I used to think, you know, put too much pressure on, you know, and then on myself and just be like, at the end of the day, do whatever the fuck you want, you know, um, express yourself how you want to express yourself despite what your history is or what people think you might or you, what you should sound like. I agree with that hundred percent. I think that's really, that's really important to share. And I think that it's also, I'm glad that you shared that you wish you had did it earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think for me, one of the things like, um, like I, I hit your DMs about collaborating maybe a couple months. Yeah, we're going to do some, we're going to do some, and I'm going to my shit, my together. One of the things that, that I later, I came to too late in life was like, not too late, but later, like I never liked to collaborate with people. Now I'm like, I love collaborating. I love having people come over and sing over my beats. I love, you know, the idea of doing, like I'm doing a collaboration with um, this guy, Greg from that band uh, Trial. Yeah. A guy named Charles. And that's kind of something that, that I, that's kind of up my alley from a lyrical standpoint and a music standpoint. But collaborating is great. You know, it, it invigorates you. It gives you another perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, a release, right, for you from all the pent up energy of working on something. You can still kind of be creative because I think as artists, we want to keep doing something. It's like no fun to not do nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Right? You know, so these collaborations. So yeah, you know, and that's what, you know, for me, you know, like, 
you know, we, you know, obviously mad, but we carry that hardcore flag on our back. Like, big time. you know, it's like, and that's who we are. And we always will. And we do that. We drag, like, you know, you know, that's us. I think sure. you guys can't hardcore alive, honestly. You know, but thank you. You know, we definitely are proud to, 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 to be the guys in the trenches if we got to be the guys in the trenches, you know? Right. But, but the thing is, having all those years of being so, you know, we are those motherfuckers. Yeah, this is us that I, I it wouldn't let me breathe outside of it. Right. Yeah. Until I got older and I started saying, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not, um, um, I'm not, what are you calling? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting anything, I'm not slacking in my, in the hardcore department if I want to do some other type yeah, of no <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was going to be like, hey, I think Hoy is a sellout. No, my hardcore cred. I said, you know, and I don't care about cred because fuck cred. I've been, you know, I, you know, again, like, again, another thing I'm proud of, Mad Boys, you know, 26 years nonstop, and we're working on our 10th That's album. Incredible. So, yeah, you know, so, That's you know, embarrassing I, to hear that. I respect every band before me. The band that did the 170s of the OG did it in 1980 to the newest. But unless you match my record, don't come yeah. at me with any shit of what I could do and not doing this hardcore shit. Period. So the only niggas that could the guy me say who could have an opinion on me is AF and sick of it all. Right. And you know, you know, otherwise, I don't give a fuck. And even then, I don't give a fuck. We, you know, we do what <laughs> we want, how we want, and, and those niggas all know how we do. But why I do it is because I say it that proud because we live this hardcore shit. We love it. Like that's us, like everything about it. Look at you know. We're grown men and we yeah. fed our families. We met our families. Yeah. This, this thing's kept us out of jail. Rory, this thing, this my, thing my is, dear uh, sister. Listen, this thing not only kept us out of jail, it kept people alive and it helped bury people. This thing helped put my mother in the ground. This thing helped friends of ours, you know, uh, uh, eat in jail. This thing, this thing is beyond what people don't understand when I say we live this hard. Like, I know and mm. I appreciate, I know. But just as good as anybody, what this hardcore shit means to somebody. Yeah, who, respect, respect to you. You know, right. and right. um, and that's why I, you know, I'm so passionate about it because I'm like, that's like, we we come from something special, man. You know, like to have the world, a a a, a blanket of people around the world that because yeah. of this music shit, I go anywhere in the world and I got a bed to sleep in and a plate to eat. That's yeah. that beats anything. I don't need a gold record. Yeah, that's 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 humbling and really really. And, and, and it's real because I I tell I, man, on my birthdays, you know how it is on your birthday. Mm -hmm. You see uh, the people that write you. Just imagine yeah. that they're like, who the fuck? Yeah. Like yo, you know, like just to get people thinking of you on that day. I got yeah. homeboys that won't tell me, <laughs> you know, happy birthday. Not that they. Yo, my, yo Saucy, Saucy hasn't texted me a yeah, birthday you know, in like five years. Right? Like, I won't hit Ezek for nothing. <laughs> On purpose, just because he talks so much shit, I won't hit him for nothing just to make him boil. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But um, no, I'm just glad, you know, again, I guess, you know, um, I'm glad of where we came from. I'm, that's why I'm like, and especially now, like um, seeing dudes, like not just myself, but like I said, guys doing this platform, putting out, um, we have friends doing um, uh, uh, digital, uh, you know, live streaming, uh, putting out um, 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 new music. Freddie uh, Alba doing his graffiti books. Opening up his record shop. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know our, our people in there, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, we got hardcore kids making moves and getting in there, you know, in society more and more. 
and you know we got people in there you know and you know you know in government and you know i got yeah. you know not only here you know in, in all over the world there's hardcore kids that are everywhere you know and, and yeah like that's, said, that's humbling to think about it wow and, and like we said we, we come from wanting to rebuild so if we could yes. stay with this shit and we have the right people in the right places you know maybe some you know something good could happen but fucking um Ghost decibels. Where we, so where we could catch everything, Chaka? Oh yeah. Catch you on um on, on your ghost Instagram. Decibels Instagram. Ghost, ghost underscore decibels. I have like another ghost. I have two. One's ghost underscore. One's ghost not. The ghost underscores has way more followers. So wow. please follow that one. I don't even post on the other one. It's just a backup. Um, and I have my Bandcamp. Uh, ghost decibels on on Bandcamp. And don't um, forget that shit. You just dropped it last night. You said right? Yeah. Drop that oh. last, last night. If anybody is, is an Orange Nine head, we're releasing that, um, as I shared, that tragic reissue out of Europe. I think it's pretty much gone, but I would check if you're interested in that. And we're going we're gonna to do some more arms. Uh, we're going to do that gun shirt that we had back in the day. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, dope. I was going to say, so any merch you got up? Anything? What, what, what could I mean, be I'm going to do some, there should be an Orange, there should be a Ghost Decibel shirt link and maybe even the Orange Nine one in my bio by the time this comes out, but, you know. You should put all that shit up. People want to get it. And, um, you know, why not? You know what I mean? We're not, yeah. you know, like I tell people, you know, no, you know, we, we got something, we got something for something. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I don't, you know, we hardcore dudes, we hustle. We don't yeah. want that. We don't say, give me, give me. We say, okay, what you want for that? We give right. you this. Yeah. Or hey, you, know I mean? you like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to open up my jacket. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of watches, yeah. you got you got hats. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. So. Remember that? Oh my God, that's such a throwback. That was like, like, good times. And yeah. good times. My, yeah. man was like, my name is Lenny. That was my man. Before I get up. But yo, Chaka, I'm glad you were able to do this. Me too. Shout, thank you. shout out to Burn. Shout out to Ghost Decibels. Shout out to Gavin. One day I'm going to get you at your fucking Dutch Mexican ass on here. But yo, uh, <laughs> go um, follow Ghost Decibels. Go, go get his new shit now on Bandcamp. And yeah. fucking, yo, Chaka, we talk soon. Good looking out. I'll send you the poster. This comes out Thursday. One nice. love, let me, bro. Let me say one last thing. Everybody, just yo. Put out, put out good vibes, Joe, every day. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you're having a great day, but it just fucking helps you. It helps other people. Just do your best just to try to resonate with positivity. It will change your life, I promise you. One. Facts. One love, Chaka. All right, yo, peace for you. Thank you so much. One. Peace.